setup issues, man. Thanks for crashing. Then my wife's texting me that the video is blurry, so I need to fix that. I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm pasty white or whatever the deal is. But hey, we're here and we're live, everybody. You beautiful people. This is Gary Horn, and this this is the this is the NWA. This is a podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time. Talking about that National Wrestling Alliance, and uh, my guest today. We are talking about episode number three of NWA Power. This is just something that just happened spur of the moment, by the way, uh, you guys. It's just, we decided we're going to binge watch, binge rewatch, do a rewind of NWA Power since there's not a lot of new content coming out. Although this is Tuesday on the NWA channel, you can watch Superpower. Uh, meanwhile, we're uh, going to be reviewing all of the episodes and Mr. Robert Stinson is joining me today. Hello, Mr. Stinson. Hello, Gary. And hello, champ. Uh, happy day 567 in this uh, very important historic title reign. So love to bring that up every day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our champ joining us in the chat, uh, asking if I just came from my other job as a pirate or an extra <laughs> from Sons of Anarchy. Uh, no, I was, I, you know, my wife actually literally just before this was bitching about me wearing headbands all the time lately because my hair was getting so long. I actually uh, tried to trim it up a little bit today. And um, anyway, but uh, Robert Stinson here, uh, I, I feel like I always have to say like your full name or Dr. Stinson or something God, like that. that. I only, man, I felt bad about like on my Twitter, it says Dr. Stinson because I do a lot of professional stuff through social media. And in my profession as a public educator, it's, you know, you're expected to do that. But I hate it, man, because it's like, doctors, just call me Rob, man. Every time you say doctor, it just reminds me how much student loan debt I have. So, Rob, I'm Rob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Nick Aldis is going to be, uh, you, sh you should know you're going to make my wife super happy that you made fun of my headband. And uh, she's in the chat, too, it looks like. So, thank you for that. Um, but, but, Rob messaged me and was like are we wearing headbands for the show today brother and i was like all right hell yeah we can do that let's do it let's put on headbands <laughs> and so here we are and this is the first of two rewatches or, or reviews that i'm doing today i'm doing this one with uh rob and then um we're gonna be doing uh, another one tonight with my friend madeline hoptree maddie's gonna join me and uh she is uh she's getting with me on the time and that's the only reason uh, she's, do she's doing some, something with her kids. So it might be 8.30 or 9 or 8 or something. I'll let you know as soon as I know. But that one's still happening. It's, uh, it's happening later. But anyway, so Rob, you're here to talk to me about episode three. Now, a lot of the uh, hashtag NWA fam probably already know who you are. You've been pretty active on uh, Twitter and, and everywhere. But uh, tell us a little bit about your history with the NWA, just for those that don't know. Uh, I, I'm from Georgia originally. I, I did spend a little bit of time in Fayetteville, North Carolina, but that's also very much NWA country, especially in the 80s. And growing up, uh, um, and I've told this story before, but you know, I don't want to sound like I'm like bashing my parents or anything. My, my brother and I had a very happy childhood, and that's because we pretty much raised ourselves and and uh, and raised ourselves by watching the Atlanta Braves and uh, and the NWA Crockett Promotions on on uh, TBS, and so I've been, man, I've been 
the NWA has been everything for me since like 1978, 79. My earliest memories were Gordon Soley and Buzz Sawyer, Tommy Rich, Ric Flair, uh, Dusty Rhodes, all those guys. And, uh, and we've been very avid about this, my brother and I both. And, uh, you know, followed all the way up through, through the end, all the way up till the very last, uh, you know, WCW Nitro. Uh, there was a period, though, in some of those Nitro years and then some of the years in the wilderness where we felt like, gosh, man, those days were there's something just a reverence about those days. It was so perfect. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, you had a lot of other stuff going on. And, and these last couple of decades have been a really rich time for wrestling. And, and what the WWF and WWE were doing up there, they had their own fan base and stuff. And it's like I remember alluding to the uh, 30 for 30 episode they did on Flair where the commentator says, you know, I like that stuff. I like Hogan and all those guys, but I really felt Ric Flair. You know, I felt what was going on in the NWA and that's how it was. And, and, and for many years that was lost, you know, and I started to kind of get that feeling again, like during Adam Pierce's reign. And then certainly right. when Billy Corgan ended the picture in the reign of Tim Storm and then Nick Aldis just took it to like an incredible, like, like the reverence that, that we felt for Flair, we're like, man, he's defending. There's no way in the world he's losing it. If he's going to lose, it's going to be a seismic. It's going to be a seismic anomaly. You know, it's going to make the newspapers. That's how we feel again about Flair. And and I want my kids to have that same sense of feeling of like this is really culturally important. And uh, and so that's kind of a little bit about my history. I just think the NWA is. It, it, you always say it's one of the greatest entities. I want to know what the argument is for the other. <laughs> What's greater than that? It's, <laughs> it is the greatest entity. And uh, and Billy and David Lagana, Tim Storm, Josephus, Nick Aldis have brought that back. And so we just want to be part of that. And I want my family uh, to be a part of that. And we have made it a part of our, our weekly lives. So That's awesome. That's awesome to hear that you're, you're including your family in that. And uh, it feels like, oh, man, if I had a kid, yeah, NWA is, is where it's at. Like, as far as uh, this is the wrestling I'd want somebody to grow up on. Um, the... Uh, I'm trying to think that the art, I always say like one of the entities, because I feel like there's always an argument like for WWE and all of that stuff, which is no question to me, but uh, you know, we're, we're in a weird situation, a weird spot where the NWA shows up. It, it's that a lot of people are coming in that were fans from the past that yeah. kind of fell off of wrestling. And now you've got the situation of uh, they're, they're returning to the NWA, but, there's also these younger fans that have only known WWE probably, and they, they've seen AEW sprout up and everything, but they see this NWA thing and the setup, the uh, logistics of the whole studio wrestling thing and everything. And it's probably like super foreign to them and they don't know what it's about. So they're trying to like wrap their brain about around what the NWA is. So it's yeah. just kind of this, uh, I, I always, I don't know, like I, I, never know for sure who I'm talking to. So I try to like make it uh, open out there for whoever jumps in, you know, like this is one of the greatest wrestling entities of all time. And uh, so well, you know, at least I, you know, there's a history. Be, I don't have to be anti WWE or anti AEW. Those are all great. They're, there are great things about all of those. I watch it, you know, I watch it as much as I can, but I'm very pro NWA. I mean, it's the, the one thing that I think, and you hit about it, like with the whole family thing is like, for me, there's a lot of things that kind of push that line a little bit. 
And uh, even in the NWA from, from time to time with the language, I feel like, you know, partly as a parent, partly as an educator, that if it's not appropriate for kids, it really is not worth digesting for me either, you know, but the NWA, you know, with Billy Corgan family is very much part of his plan. And uh, I think that, uh, and historically, um, the NWA has always up until some, you know, the attitude era with, the, with uh, WWE and some of the stuff that was drawn out by the NWO invasion and WCW, I feel like uh, the product that we've had here has always been something that, that I'm very comfortable with digesting and my kids digesting as well. And, you know, and, and we learn a lot. I mean, you know, listening to like your podcast with Marty Bell or some of the stuff that we've done with like Nick Aldis and all that on Piper's Notes, there is this common thread of theater, rock, music, uh, just expression and art that is just, is just so vibrant in the NWA. And this might just be personal bias, but I just, you know, I feel it predominantly here and I, there there are elements of it in other promotions too and like i said i don't have to be against anything else they're they're all good things but the nwa man they have like cornered the market on all this stuff and, and we're in it man we're in it for, for the long haul well you, you bring up an excellent point i mean one thing that uh i was trying to do this morning before i had everything else going on um the the thing that I love about the NWA the most, and it's, it wasn't even, I wasn't sure how it would be when I jumped in, is, is this community, this right. fan base that we have. I mean, people are so passionate about it. And you, and you, you mentioned that here. Um, this morning, I was just like trying to retweet everything I could. And it was like trying to catch everything I could about the NWA that was popping up. We had uh, my guest for episodes one and two, Will Martin, who's a brand new NWA fan. And he's, he's trekking his way back through the 10 pounds of gold series right now. And he's uh, doing a daily video about it. There's that, there's what Adam Rotella is doing. There's uh, what uh, Jason Kelly, I tried to repost what he was doing with the Alliance blog. And, and he, he actually posted something really good. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, please go back and check it out. Um, I retweeted it. It is um, about the rising tide lifting all ships and just talking about how he's been doing a blog about the NWA for 10 plus years. Uh, that guy has been doing it back during that Adam Pierce period you were talking about before. And uh, when he said like nobody cared and now a lot of people care, care but he doesn't want to, you know, be dismissive of the new people. He wants people to uh, enjoy the product and so it's all about just everybody coming together and lift this thing up and 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 that's what i love that's why we use that hashtag nwa fam yeah. you are a member of that you are doing piper's notes uh which recently just dropped with the champ nick aldis on the show i've right. been a guest on there you've had thunder rosa and uh, man it's it's a really really cool show i love that concept and, yeah. and uh, we've got we've got episodes coming up with zicky dice with may valentine a couple of other guys that we're trying to work out one with Nikita Koloff right now. Uh, I've got a couple of like rock stars that are coming in, but it, but it's, you know, it really is like, like you said, this is about the community, you know, and I, I feel like, I mean, there, there are several of you that I've seen in person, but not really met, but I feel like I know you guys very, uh, very closely. And again, like, you know, no other, th this, this level of interaction between the community and, uh, and the talent. Uh, there was a podcast that Josephus, and he doesn't do a lot of podcasts, man. He's very rare, but he, he did a very believe really me, I know. Back in August, we've been pestering him. Posted, yeah. He mentioned is like you know, we have to remember that wrestling is a is a consumer sport, and so there has to be. It's healthy to have this this connection between the family and uh, or the community and the talent. 
NWA is the only one that does that. I mean, every once in a while, Chris Jericho will retweet something, and that's pretty cool. But, you know, I mean, the, the I've had Nick Aldis ask me, hey, is there a way that I can help out with digital classroom instruction at your school? Because he, he knows what we've done and how important uh, the NWA is at our particular school. And, uh, you know, just the, the graciousness that Zeke Dice and Thunder Rosa has shown towards us, they don't have to do that. I mean, you know, they, they can charge a premium like some guys do to, you know, to, to come on. But they, they do this because they serve, they, they serve the community. And I think like people like Thunder Rosa and Nick Aldis and Tim Storm, I think they are, I've used this phrase or this analogy before, they're like very much like statesmen. You know, they're, they were placed here. And, and, and just by providence that they're guiding us through this particular time and it's an unusual time, but I couldn't think of a better situation right now and a better promotion to be, uh, to be then under the hands of a Thunder Rosa and a Tim Storm and a, and a, uh, a Nick Aldis right now, man, they're, they're just perfect. And this is the, the, the preeminent brand and it's going to continue to rise and elevate and they elevate it. So. Yeah. I, I can't think of a better, um, I don't know another company that has this amount of passion. I mean, sure, you get it out of WWE and that sort of thing. But for such a small promotion right now, the NWA has people like actively trying to create not only just creating new content, but different kinds of content, like just different ideas, but with the NWA base. And, uh, and it's not like we ignore everything, at least all of us don't ignore everything else going on in, in the wrestling world. But it's just uh it's interesting to me just uh the drive that everybody has and the and the uh drive to post and constantly talk about the nwa online it only airs on tuesday nights and right now you know besides this week it hasn't been all brand new content but still i feel like the conversation every day is happening about the national wrestling alliance it's like it's like it's like everybody is teamed up here you know you've got individual wrestlers putting out content, question mark, Thunder Rosa, uh, you know, Aaron Stevens. Uh, they're putting out all this content to sustain and keep the, the population, the community nourished. And then you've got fans doing the same thing, putting out content. And it's like, yeah, Tuesday's the day. That's the day that everybody, you know, at the Stinson house, we all close in at 6.05 and we're glued in on that TV and we're in the, in the chats afterwards and all that. But during the week, the, the talent, and the community is putting out sustaining content. And there's no, just nothing like that, man. It's just amazing. Uh, this is the best time to be a wrestling fan. I agree. And uh, this will be the point where I would be remiss if I didn't also mention that we're regularly putting out re uh, content here on uh, This is the NWA at the NWA pod. Uh, if you're here right now and you haven't already, hit like on that video, hit subscribe on the channel, hit the bell icon, and it gives you alerts every time we go live like this, even if it's last minute. And we just feel like, you know, maybe me and Rob decide we just want to shoot the breeze about the NWA. You can jump right on. You'll get an alert on your phone or your device, whatever. Uh, Rob, we're actually here to talk about because we're doing, uh, I've named it the corn stream. We're talking about episode number three of NWA Power. We're binging it. My goal is to have, uh, you know, different people come in and talk to me about it. I mean, people may show back up like yourself or something. You're always, uh, uh, a reliable source here so i appreciate that and uh and, and you've seen all the episodes already so it doesn't require you like maddie uh it doesn't require you to to watch all the way was my thought maddie is coming in like she is brand new to this thing so yeah. like i can't 
you know, like she has to catch up with us. So she's, she's working her way through and she's going to try because uh, she, she's, she, she's already texted me. And it's like, when are they doing this in Atlanta again? I want to go back. I want to go to Atlanta. And I'm like, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad that's, that's the, that's what I want to hear. But she was in this place of like bored and just getting kind of down. Like, what can I do? And I'm like, do you want to be a part of this thing? Like we have a vibrant community and uh, do you like wrestling? She's like, well, I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid and I like sting and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, dude, like watch NWA power. It's easy. It's free. It's right there for you. And she's doing it. And now she wants to jump on and talk about it. So and she, um, she doesn't know what she's getting into. She's going to be hooked. You, yeah, I agree. Be a devotee for sure. <laughs> so, so Rob, I haven't actually met you in person, but I know, um, or, or maybe we briefly did, or I don't even remember, but, uh, you were you were at uh, the tapings the last time, right? Right, correct. And th- was that your first time at the actual NWA tapings? Man, we bought tickets for the the second to last taping, and then I'm also the athletic director at Ridgeland High School, and so uh, when things come up, a lot of times I have to be there and I have to respond. So we bought tickets for the first weekend, the weekend before the last weekend, and I we weren't able to come. We weren't able to use those. And uh, ended up giving them to somebody else or something like that. And, and then, uh, um, but we made it to the last one. And now we're at the point where there's, there's no way we're missing a taping. I told Tanya, you know, Tanya, she's all, we were talking last night. She's like, I feel like I, you know, I don't, I'm not involved. It's like, you're working. I, I, I plug you quite a bit. I put you over and you're welcome to come on. And this is, you know, I want you to be very much a part of this and you know what's going on. But I just thought it was like, you know, you have to understand when the tapings happen, we're going to be there. <laughs> this is just not a discussion. I'm going to take vacation days. We're going to be out from here on out. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, it just, from the very first one I was at, I was like, well, this is a thing I do now. This yeah. is, this is just the way it is. I'm going to be at these tapings. I no matter what I have to work out. I was so bummed when, when they got canceled. Cause I'm like, this was supposed to be a regular part of my life now. Like I just go to Atlanta and I hang out for a weekend and pay-per-views and NWA tapings. That's, that's my thing. But, well, uh, I well it's before. I mean, she knew we were under quarantine, but like the night of the 19th, she was like, aren't we supposed to be going to the NWA today? I'm like, Oh baby, <laughs> all that shut down, man. We're going to have to wait. Lagana is going to hook us up with something else and this will happen. It'll come back. But, uh, <laughs> well, and the, and the part of the reason I brought it up because uh, obviously I'm a huge fan of Piper's notes, a huge fan of you. Uh, the, the the reason I was wondering about that is because so you wouldn't have been there during this episode, and uh, it's funny to me because I didn't even intend this, and I, I don't even know that we did. But when we landed you for episode three, just what the content featured on the show was, I was like, wow, this is pretty perfect for. Uh, for Rob to show up on yeah. because you get a, a nice uh, look at Aaron Stevens. You get the very first promo for the question mark. You get like, yeah. it's uh it's kind of interesting. Like I was it's like, this is a weird, episode, man. Uh, for those that don't know, Robert Stinson is there the very first time the, or when he was there, the very first time we saw him, he was, uh, he and his whole family were dressed up like Aaron Stevens and uh, the question mark with like the Mongrovian karate gear on and everything it was it was pretty amazing well, well gary uh, just so you know man those weren't costumes we paid our 99.99 per week to to take our mongrovian karate lessons so piper has broken the mongrovian oak to earn our fourth degree i don't care what uh, aaron stevens said in the last episode of mongrovian mask and then 
Uh, Petra's about to put on her yellow stripe on her white belt, so uh, she's mastered the first three forms. So those aren't costumes, man. That's 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 that's, that's a shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's good, man. I uh I am impressed and remind me never to mess with you and your family because uh, <laughs> we know Montgrovian uh, karate is a the most lethal art form. Oh yeah, uh, martial arts form out there. Uh, so let's dive into this episode. Let's talk right. about it a little bit. Um, so this episode is episode number three. NWA Power obviously been out for three weeks now, and uh, this episode's called Twilight of Tim Storm. We'll get to why, but uh, it opens up with some fan reactions, which I like. Uh, I like where they were doing that, just showing like all of the people busted out. You've seen like in, in past stuff like Wrestling Days and everything. We saw our friend J Cal on this episode uh, talking about the NWA, a bunch of different people. It was cool. I don't know. I think that's probably the genesis of like where you really get that, that vibe and that NWA fam is that they're including the fans, like the fan reactions and that sort of thing. I, I really dig that. And I can't remember. I feel like they kind of got away from that a little bit, but I wish, uh, I, I, I feel like that's a positive thing, although they are including it in the circle squared stuff now. Um, right. They've, they've broadened out so much to include some of those things. One other thing I was going to point out that I liked uh, with those intros in season one is, uh, and I don't know if, if you've ever been able to go back and watch any of the old NWA on TBS Saturday night episodes, when they would come on, they would always have these stars, you know, and that famous music. So, so they do that on power. They do that. If you, if you go back and look at these fan reactions, you'll have the stars coming in the background. And that's a little nod to the old shows that used to come on 605 on Saturday nights with the stars coming at you. And uh, so that's, that's just a, a cool little touch. And like with, with, uh, with uh, the, 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 uh, our friend and the family that's coming on this afternoon or this evening to watch, I would encourage her after she watches it once to go back and watch it a second time too, because then you pick up on a lot of the very clever subtleties that you don't pick up in that first watch, you know, like just an example, like the, the episode, uh, and I don't want to spoil anything, but the, the, the famous Mongrovian uh, national anthem episode, you know, I've seen that a million times. I just happen to be watching it back and I see you and Rotella and, uh, and uh, in the background doing this. And then you do this little, you know, wiping the tears away from your eyes. And I'm like, dude, that is freaking brilliant. I guarantee you that was deliberate, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I was super into it uh, on the uh, Mongrovian National Anthem. And that was definitely, uh, those those were real tears for me. Because <laughs> I had just, it was the first time I'd really heard his voice, you know, like, especially his singing, I mean, his singing voice, you know? Sure. And uh, he, he's, he's limited in his English. So it was just, uh, it was nice to just hear him really, like what he sounds like in his native tongue. And uh, so it was, a, it was a beautiful, beautiful national anthem. Uh, rivals rivals the U.S.'s. Not many do. Uh, Ooh. Ooh. So, <laughs> the, uh, so, so we get a recap of the past episodes with Joe Galley probing Camille to speak and simultaneously irritating Nick Aldis. Uh, Galley shows up to say on the screen that he's been informed by his producers that he can't, ask about that anymore he's not supposed to do it nick aldis is going to do an interview with him again today but camille is off limits lay off it joe uh which you'll hear me yell in this episode <laughs> but uh he he just uh yeah he's so he's he's uh he's just announcing that he's aware of that he you know he thinks his job is to be a uh, journalist but whatever anyway so uh you, you were were you watching from episode one 
uh, originally, oh, yeah. Rob? Man, I was watching from the All This Crusade, man. I was, well, even before that, uh, I started watching. I mean, I watched, I followed uh, Billy Corrigan back before, you know, back in the impact days and all that stuff. And, uh, and so when, when he started the 10 pounds project, I was watching from day one, man, I was, and I was forcing my wife, Tanya, who's very gracious. And she, she's into it. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, man, you got to see this, man. You catch this out. Tim Storm, he's a teacher. No, he's, this is cool. And then, uh, Nick Aldis, who I'd seen before and I'd always respected. I mean, this is a guy who's got, had, had some, I always felt like Nick Aldis was going to be a major player somewhere. Like this guy's a guy that's going to be a, the defining champion but as soon as he emerged in the whole 10 pounds of gold series boom it took off man it was like that was the essential piece that put it over nick aldis so, yeah. by the way in the they chat were. saying that uh he the question mark also brought him to tears so take that how you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. but uh cool. <laughs> all right so uh cordy and uh joe gallier opened it up the show and uh Kingston shows up. Eddie Kingston. Oh God, this this is a guy, by the way, who blows me away every single time I see Eddie Kingston. I love that guy so much. Uh, he's one of the guys I'd, I'd love to get on this show for an inter interview sometime. Like he is just brilliant, very intimidating gentleman. But uh, he shows up and uh, he, he kind of wants to be respectful for the, to Jim Cornette, but says, "Give me the mic. Like I got to talk." <laughs> And uh, he says, we're not here to like talk. We're not here to like just yell at each other. We're here to fight. We're here to gouge. We're here to, to do all these things. And you know, my boy Homicide, like if he, if Homicide saw these guys, he might just, and, and it gets bleeped out, but uh, the crowd doesn't let it slide. So it's funny. He says, <laughs> he mentions stabbing them up. And, uh, and I thought, I remember being there with, with my wife, Jennifer at the time, uh, no, she's still my wife, but at the time of the taping, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and we were there, and people are chanting, "Stab them up, stab them up," and I'm like, "Can can that happen? Like that is that's a what a that's a brutal chant. <laughs> that was that was as close as we've gotten to ECW so far. <laughs> like I'm like, why are they chanting? They're chanting for someone to get stabbed. And they warn uh, us, man. They warn us in there in the in the studio about our our language and our chants, man. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so Keith is just like, uh, you know, he, he's they're lucky we didn't catch. He's, he's mad at the Dawson's basically for the interference in the last week. And uh, he's, he's saying we're, they're lucky we haven't seen him in the parking lot yet. We want him. We're trying to find him. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they they walk away and say, just, you know, we're, we're basically looking for him. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of rambling there, but how do you how do you feel about Eddie Kingston and uh, and that whole oh, feud, the Dawson's even? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to rein me in here as, as you have learned by now and the the few months that we've gotten to know each other I can be long-winded uh, I love Eddie Kingston man Eddie Kingston I think gosh man his promos are like going back to the thing where like I I like this but I feel this I don't think anybody can listen to an Eddie Kingston promo and say they don't feel that the way and and this one is one of his best because he gets that mic and his like piercing eyes are just looking into the camera, you know, like, so, and you feel like, like you said, intimidated, even, even Cornette, man, like Cornette feels intimidated. He alludes to some, some heat that homicide and Cornette had there between each other very briefly, you know, that uh, some of you guys will, will, will know about. I'm not quite sure what he's referring to, but uh, I love Eddie Kingston, man. He, uh, this guy, 
not only his in-ring work, but just he's got to be, man, one of the two or three best talkers out there. And, and I, I could, I could just buy, I could just buy compilations of, of just his promos. I mean, he is amazing, amazing talker, believable, just fierce, intimidating. He is what's up, man. He is what's up. Um, you know, the thing with him too is, and I, I could say the same thing about Nick, uh, maybe even Tim. So I don't want to take anything away from anybody, but one of the things I love that you miss in a lot of other wrestling is that Eddie can, there, there was the promo, I think it was the week before where Will and I were talking about uh, Kyle Davis was trying to get an interview with Homicide and Eddie Kingston and Eddie's just like, let me speak, let me speak. And he's just like in the camera and mm. uh, yelling. But typically Eddie Kingston, when you get him to a point, he gets fired up and he can raise his voice. But one of the things I love about he and, a, and Nick Aldis promo are that they're not always yelling everything. Like, uh, you know, our boy Will mentioned uh, Dolph Ziggler the, uh, in his video from earlier today. And, uh, and, I, and I do love Dolph Ziggler. I think Dolph Ziggler's a, a great worker, but uh, he's fun to watch. But he, like every promo Dolph Ziggler has, he's just like screaming at you. And it's always been one of the things that kind of graded me about him, not to be disrespectful, but just that, like, you don't always have to yell, man. Like, yeah. and, and, and watching a Nick Aldis promo or an Eddie Kingston promo and the guys like they just talk to you straight like, like Eddie Kingston will yell enough to get your attention like to like snap here like I'm speaking now and then he's just like like you said that eye contact like just staring straight into the camera and telling you exactly what he thinks about you. And I just, ah, I just Don't love it. So good. Bumps, it feels like a, like a beat poet almost like, like you feel like every time, every time he talks, you feel every bit of pain, every turmoil, every trauma he's ever experienced, you feel like you're participating in it. And then like with Nick Aldis, I feel like when, when he comes out and addresses us, it's like, we're about to, 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 to hear a state of the union address. This is a, an important statement from an important statesman. And so both of them, you're right. They don't have to rely on the uh, on the on the rant and rave, and they don't have to rely on a lot of theatrics because they bring authority with what they say. You know, it's like when Kingston talks and when Aldis talk, they speak with authority. And I think, and, and you're right, Tim Storm. I think when you talk about the the big three speakers in the NWA who speak with authority, it's those three, no doubt, man. Kingston, yeah. Aldis, and and uh, and Kingston and and uh, Storm. Well, and it's like with Nick, I think it's this idea of like, there's this level of confidence that he has being the champion. And so that if he's talking, he expects that you're going to listen. So he doesn't need to amp up for you. Like you should be respecting him and shutting up for a minute, <laughs> like listening yeah. to him talk. And uh, so it's, it's, it's almost even a different dynamic, but the same kind of philosophy. Absolutely. And, uh, only a guy like so far that we've seen, it's, it's like a guy like Marty Skrull that like gets under his skin so much with like <laughs> the blatant like lack of, of uh, for lack of a better term, the lack of give a shit that he'll just like jump in the ring and like show up on your show and all of this that like starts to rile up Nick a little bit more and more. You know what I mean? And every now and again, you know, he'll let that explode he'll show up on their show and just go freaking crazy on flip gordon or somebody you know but you know when when he's on before that 
what uh what uh that that sacred podium you know <laughs> i mean he is like man he is a statesman giving the state of the union address as the as the head of state of the nwa and it just carries that weight the kingston man gosh man it's like you he is so so you feel him man i don't know how else to put it he just yeah uh rj in the chat mentioned tom latimer too um i i think tom like is is very aggressive i and he is i guess he is kind of quiet but like something about Tom is just imposing no matter what, dude. Like, Tom, Tom is another guy who's just – he's so just freaking big and just like – Yeah. And I don't know. Something about the way he speaks, you're just kind of like, okay, dude. Like, I don't know. He's, we're, we're he's another – We're Presbyterians, man. We're Presbyterians. And when we were in Allentown, Pennsylvania, right after I got out of the Army, we had a Presbyterian minister. And half the time I could not really hear the message or the sermon just because I was so, like, entranced by the, the accent – and Tom Latimer's accent is that man. I was like, I don't care what he's saying. I just want to hear him talk, man. It's so, it's so cool, but you're right. He's, he's a force too. He's another one. that's a, a, a good, he's got a gift, man. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. So uh, next up, you mentioned earlier in the show, uh, we get a matchup between Crystal Rose and Marty Bell. I believe this is the debut, if I remember correctly, of Marty Bell and Crystal Rose, obviously, but uh, Marty kind of takes it to her. It's a, it's a nice little match, but Marty, of course, uh, shining the brightest on this particular occasion and uh, takes out Crystal Rose with a uh, pedigree, Pearl River plunge, whatever, whatever you want to call that move. And uh, I don't know if she has a different name for it, but uh, any initial uh, thoughts on Marty Bell or anything? Uh, man, I, 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 I love Marty Bell. I, I think she's just freaking sexy. She's got a good look. She's a great athlete. She's just cool, man. I love her ring attire. I really uh, honestly like, I feel like Marty Bell is one of those ones who she's kind of been overshadowed quite a bit. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, I want to direct people to your, your podcast with her. One of the coolest, coolest people. And I, I've been, I've always been a Marty Bell fan. Uh, I felt like, you know, she was one of those ones who, who up there with Thunder Rosa and Allison Kay and Melina, I feel like she's in that mix. Like she would be a credible world champion. And I would love to see her. I don't think there's ever been a Dominican world's women's champion before so i would love to see her make history at some point uh, not that you know not to throw any shade on thunder rosa i think thunder rosa's an amazing champion but marty bell man she she did a great and like you said she handed it to to uh to uh, uh her opponent here in this match i love big marty bell fan man yeah, absolutely, buddy. And 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 yeah, I would I would love to direct people. It's on the podcast feed right now. I'll have to get some stuff up on it on the YouTube feed too. But uh that Marty Bell interview, uh, if you come away not loving Marty Bell after that, and and I'm that's not me tooting my horn, it's just like I was just there. I was I was the the vessel which she spoke through. <laughs> like she uh she she is an incredible person and and hearing her reverence for the history also of wrestling and just like uh and her background and, and, and just how hard she's worked in general marty bell will impress you and i think she hasn't quite had the chance to really get all of that across on nwa yet on on the television like she's she's there don't get me wrong her friendship yeah. with allison k has been kind of the forefront of her story so far but uh yeah, well, I think once people learn more and more about Marty, like she's she's gonna rock it to the top. I, I love her. I feel like too, like if, if if quarantine had not shut everything down, I think that the way that 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 stable of women with uh, Melina and Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell, 
I think that really would have been elevated and it's going to be elevated. Uh, she's Marty Bell's just got way too much. She's got whatever that it factor is, that intangible spark. She's got it. And she's going to be, she's going to be a, a major force in the women's division. She's one big part of why I feel like the women's division in the NWA is the most vibrant uh, of any in, in the world, you know? And uh, so I can't wait to see where they take her. Uh, I, I would not surprise me to see within the, uh, the next year, year and a half, her having that, that, uh, that uh, women's world's title. She's been a, a tag champion with jazz, you know, you, you alluded yeah. to that kind of thing. And she's uh, uh, so she's, she's, she's had credible championship uh, pedigree, uh, but she, this is a woman who knows the sport. She knows her way around the ring. Great talker. Great look, man. I just, I love her, man. I can't say enough good things about her. Great match. Great debut for her. Yeah, I, you'll you'll hear me say this time and time again. Uh, anybody listening or watching, I I've put the women's division of NWA up against any other company, and I mean any other company. Like I, there is, uh, to me, there is nothing quite like the NWA women's division. I, as far as women that are just presented with nice. There's there's the nice storylines, obviously, but just women that are presented as uh, capable and tough and just they, they, they've got this aura about them of they are also badasses there to wow. fight for a championship. I, I, I think that's missing in almost every other division or every other company right now, like just the way that the presentation is in the NWA. Yeah, I mean, you look like when you think like one of the things that the NWA brings is like the NWA is is like it's athletic competition. And when you talk about Thunder Rosa, who's got an who's involved in MMA, you talk about Melina with her extensive Hall of Fame caliber pedigree, Marty Bell, who's wrestled all around uh, North America, the Caribbean. I mean, these are legitimate, legitimate competitors. And uh, I put them up, I stack them up against any women's division anywhere. I put our NWA fam, our NWA women anywhere against anybody. They're awesome. And Marty Bell's a big part of that. This was a great introduction to her. One of the things that gets mentioned during this matchup is that we hear the Dawsons are going to be addressing Kingston and Homicide, which is cool. We get to, I, I love, <laughs> I, it sounds so stupid, but I, I just would like to point out that I love that the storyline at least gets referenced. Like the announcers are still actually, I don't know, man. I feel like when I was, I was so hooked into WWE the last little while I was hooked into them, there was just like this drop off of people caring about actual storyline like what was going on and so there's still like moving parts working on different levels at all times in the nwa it's one of the things i love about them uh andrew mckinney by the way i should reference in the chat room saying you can't beat the women's division in the nwa and it's all back to that wrestling philosophy they're treated as athletes in a sport so kind of echoing your sentiment there uh right Rob, that, yeah i i totally agree andrew that that is the thing. I mean, I wrestling fans are able to suspend their disbelief. Like you just gotta make it believable. Like it just, you know, just try to at least make it seem like a competition. Like there's a goal here. Why are they there? What are they all going for? You know, that, that kind of thing. Will mentioned, uh, sorry, I keep going off on tangents here, but uh, I loved in one of Will uh, Martin's videos. Uh, he's at, Hey, it's Will. Uh, with one L, 
he talked about how he was just put off when he first started watching the 10 pounds of gold series about how Tim storm was defending against Nick Aldis, but then like immediately traveled over to face Josephus. And uh, he was like, well, why is Josephus in this feud? Wait a minute. No, this, this actually makes sense. There are multiple people competing for the same goal. Right. <laughs> like they would, he's like, I'm just, used to like it's like one guy's interested and that's all there is and it's like that's the right. storyline I mean, he's like no you, it makes the, sense this is when you're at the top of the mountain everybody's gunning for you so e even you know thinking back like to the other night we were doing the uh the uh the starcade watch was it starcade or it was starcade right starcade starcade 88 i believe yeah we were talking about uh we were talking about uh starcade 89 the night of the uh, future shock with the round robin tournament right. that was the one where sting uh wins that uh, i think you haven't seen that yet so i don't want i'm sorry i just spoiled that for you you but just ruined it I'm sorry it. like uh however many years ago that was yeah sting uh, like was 30 years ago you ruined yeah. it you know sting was a member of the four horsemen and so yeah. yeah so this is like everybody wants to you're not in the business unless you unless you want the world title we're going to get to some of that with tim storm later in this really important episode but you, you think like with strictly business today. And again, I don't want to spoil too much for people who haven't watched the head, but you, you got to think like Tom Latimer, Tom Latimer is not going to be content to just be a, a, a world tag champion. No shade on the tag division. That's very important too. I mean, that's in some, for some people that's even more important, but Tom Latimer is another guy that could easily fit into that world championship title picture along with a Josephus and a Tim storm and an Eli Drake. And, and so, you know, we, it, it makes total sense to me that, you know, when you've got this, this triangulation of feud between all this and Josephus and Tim Storm, because everybody's in this to, to reach that mountaintop, man. Everybody is. Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> no, no, it makes perfect sense. And, and, and I keep mentioning, but another thing Will was talking about in our episode one and two review is just talking about how James Storm, we were, we were discussing, like, he's interested in what Nick Aldis is holding, but he was, he's holding the NWA national championship at the same time. Mm -hmm. And Eli's like in there talking to him and, and I believe it's episode two, just about like, Hey, don't write this thing off. This right. thing means you're, you've got the ticket to the big one. And uh, so, you know, this is important. And, uh, and Will was talking about how impressed he was that this is how, you know, how this was set up. And, and my biggest reference that I had for when I was a kid is I always knew the intercontinental title. The Intercontinental mm -hmm. title was one of my favorite championships of all time, like that that 80s version of the Intercontinental title. But it was always because generally they were really good wrestlers that held that thing. But it was also like, for instance, when Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels won the Intercontinental title, that was a huge deal because it meant that was like their key to open the door to the the main event status like right. to the upper card status like that was it you know once you knew they had that one that was the step like it was like oh now they're considered top dogs in this right. company and uh i feel like that got kind of lost with like say even the intercontinental title and and lots of others but it's nice to see the national championship being treated right. that way that like yeah this is a big deal because now this person is also up there ready to compete with Nick Aldis. 
Yeah. It's lost today, uh, certainly when you've got uh, this like explosion of all these titles, a title, everybody's got a title. And uh, the, the bottom line is this, man. Wrestling is, an, is, there are a lot of intelligent people that are wrestling fans. I know it gets this character of this being this redneck thing. That is, I'm a deeply offended. And I think Will said something about that this morning on his show when people denigrate. Oh, the Top Segura thing. Yeah, right, exactly. Or, or, you know, but when you look at like the, the, the people, the personality, the talent, Josephus, Nick Aldis, um, uh, you know, David Lagana, Billy Corgan, uh, Mick Foley, Raven, these are highly intelligent people. And, and Lagana and Corgan are doing something very, very deliberate with their talent selection because, like you said, back with the Intercontinental Belt, these belts serve a purpose. It's like, you know, the, the, the national title and the television title. They, they are workers' championships. They are, they are legitimate titles that people prize, and they are meant for workers to defend routinely before the public. The world belt's not that way. Nick Aldis doesn't need to go on and wrestle every show. He appears, yeah. But it's like, you know, you think back in the, in the prime time of boxing with, like, Mike Tyson and Spinks and Larry Holmes. These guys defended the belts four, three times a year maybe, and it was a major cultural athletic event with the banners just like what they did at crockett cup one with Skrull and, and all this right that's right. something that the nwa has recovered nick Aldis doesn't have to defend that belt now i know there you know historically there's been this like 30-day rule and nick Aldis went on the crusade he didn't have to do that but he elevated the brand by that but you've got the world title that is like this grandiose grandiose event and when you defend it it's kind of like a coronation event you know what i mean but the the national title the TV title, those are workers' titles. They're very, very important. They put you on that pedestal to get to that mountaintop, and they serve their purpose. And so I think that Corgan and Lagana have just been brilliant the way they've crafted this. You see a lot of stuff on Twitter about, we need more belts, we need more else. No, we don't. We, we, we've got the perfect amount of belts, and we've got the Crockett Cup on top of that to sustain and elevate. Every single one of these belts, from the tag belts to the cup to the national TV titles, they push the brand upward. Everything they do is specifically designed, scientifically crafted to elevate the brand and elevate everything upward. And I think it's just perfect how it is. Yeah. And um, uh, Michael Manning is in the chat and he asks, uh, uh, or he mentioned that the uh, third degree might make that title just as important as the 10 pounds of gold. I was curious of your uh, thoughts on that. My thoughts on the third degree. <laughs> Aaron, Stevens, Aaron Stevens has beaten everybody he's had to just like Nick Aldis have people say, you know, again, people who are not who, who I wouldn't consider be, to be intelligent, who want to denigrate the status of the NWA, but who is in all this beat. I'm like, dude, he's beaten literally everybody before his reign and during his reign, everybody has had to. Well, as a matter of fact, so is Aaron Stevens. He's defended the title successfully. I mean, you can, you can put asterisks on this and that, but the, you know, he is a credible, real legitimate personality he does bring humor to it he brings a little comic relief but i i, I like him as champion as national title i can't wait to see uh all this in uh, aaron stevens lock horns man honestly <laughs> oh i wonder if that's gonna happen down the road that'll be interesting oh, inevitable. for sure inevitable it's inevitable uh they, i don't think you can get goofy with nick Aldis, so so no, i uh, think suddenly suddenly he's <laughs> things are gonna like reality's gonna hit him <laughs> when he steps in that ring with the deal or so 
Oh man, no, I I uh, said the same thing with uh, as far as Colt Cabana. Like I remember in the chat when people were talking about the China China match, the uh, Nick Aldis and Colt Cabana. The people were complaining about uh, Colt being a comedy wrestler, and I was like, well, he's gonna straighten up real quick. He's gonna have to. Uh, Nick Aldis telling Roscoe in the chat to go back to bed. The grown ups are talking, so that's nice. that's exactly right. Uh, yeah, go back to bed, Roscoe. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Roscoe, you're getting acknowledged by the champ. That's a plus. I saw him yeah. uh, retweet the uh, post about our live show here, and uh, he said that uh, it's an intelligent discussion, and Gary's there too, or something along the lines. When you when you uh, get when you get it when you get a uh, when it comes to the the champ, man, or no press is bad press. So you get it. Get at the press at the champ throws shade on you. That's that's a good thing. <laughs> that's how I'm trying. That's how I'm choosing to look at it. So yeah. uh, so Marquez gets the Dawsons at the podium. Uh, he asks them why the attack, and the Dawsons just basically say stuff happens. They're they're basically just trying to establish themselves, and they'll fight anybody. They don't care anytime, anywhere but not Kingston and Homicide. Just anybody else but those two. Dawson's. Damn Dawson's. That's uh, what I used to yell at them. You damn Dawson's. Huh. Yeah. Uh, man, the Dawson's, they're, they're, they're an enigma to me because I, I really want to like them. I like their look. I like how they talk. I didn't really get that whole world fight anybody but them because tough guys don't really do that and they kind of sell themselves as tough guys. So, like, creatively – I'm not sure about that. And of course, you and I know how this kind of story ends with them. Uh, and I don't want to jump too forward. So at the Dawson's man, I like, I feel like, and I, again, I don't want to, I, I mean, we're, we can shoot straight here, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like the Dawson's are like a missed opportunity. Almost. I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, I, I thought, I feel like the Dawson's, at least it wanted to really get behind them um the i mean i was doing my job i hated them because they were they were dirty uh players in the game but the you know i i, I don't know what their story is or where they're going i've seen them on twitter recently so this is I mean, we're shooting straight i don't know what their status is exactly and uh how they feel but some things have seemed kind of iffy with like even posts on the uh uh replying to the nwa and legata so they, they've seen very bitter and so i don't yeah. i don't know exactly uh where it goes with the dawson's so it's uh, just weird like because i think like you, know, you think back like to the great tough men tag teams in the past like and i think to like in ring of honor with like uh the briscoes or you think back to like Dick Murdoch and Dusty Rhodes. These are teams that would never say, they would never say, I'll take anybody but them. You know, it's like, hey, and excuse my language, and Piper's not in here, so it's like, somebody's going to get their ass kicked. It might be us, but it's going to happen. I feel like that's what the Briscoes should be. I mean, excuse me, not the Briscoes, the Dawsons. And I just feel like they fell short there, man. Like I didn't, I did, this is this one segment in this episode, which I think is like, one of the most important episodes in all of power. I think this is the one episode that kind of fell short of the mark for me. I don't know, but I'm, yeah. mine. I mean, I, I'd like to hear comments and, and I'm, I, I can be taught. So. No, I, I think that's an excellent point. Actually. I, I hadn't, I, you know, I, I hadn't considered it that way. I do think that maybe the goal here is you're getting to see that the Dawson's are tough. They're, they're, 
you know, they're, they're legitimate competition, but they also have this like side of them that they're like, they're, they're the typical bullies, you know, that you get punched once, once in the face. And then you're like, uh, you know, like I'll just talk from over here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I don't know. That's how they come across to me as far as, as far as they go. Yeah. Uh, right after they right after their promo you get the first thunder rosa promo which i was super Man. stoked for uh i saw her I love- i've uh <laughs> dude I, I i i knew thunder rosa before i ever saw thunder rosa that feels like some biblical stuff or something but it's a uh, it's uh I, I was all on social media and i kept seeing images of thunder rosa and like clips of thunder rosa because Thunder Rosa is very good at social media and, and all of that stuff. So I saw her and I remember when power was coming along and they were like putting together a roster. I, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but as Arn Anderson would say, toot toot. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wow. The, the, uh, I was calling for, I was like, get Thunder Rosa, get Thunder Rosa. You have to have Thunder Rosa at NWA. Like she seemed perfect for it. And so to see her, clips streaming there and, and hearing that she was going to be in the nwa i remember being very excited for that did you uh, did you ever watch any of like the lucha underground stuff did you ever follow you know i try i tried to watch it when it was on netflix but yeah. then it got removed like before i ever finished it so i just never yeah you know never did really I, she, you know she was there she was a prominent player her and sammy Guevara were and they did the spanish flag thing and i like man i thought i was like gosh man she is inning i love thunder rosa her look, man, her style. I love the whole MMA thing that she did with uh, with Lagana and all them. I I I could see like I could see her being another Mildred Burke, like having like a Nick Aldis status reign. I love Marty Bell, and I like to see that too. I'm very torn when it comes to that because I I'm like Thunder Rosa is over. She is Piper's like absolute number one favorite wrestler, and uh, she's she's she carries that reverence too. But she is so freaking cool, man. And this promo. This was money, bro. I mean, you can't watch this and not be like, gosh, I'm compelled automatically, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, Roscoe Moon or Roscoe pointing out that she was called Cobra Moon in, in Lucha yeah. Underground for those that, uh, if you want to Google her or something, it was a uh, Cobra Moon. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you. There's just something that she is put together as a character. Like she is hey. just, she's ready to go. Like she's, it's, outstanding to me just honestly and this is no knock on anybody it's outstanding to me that she's not like on a roster somewhere like aew or wwe somebody that would have you know that just thankfully that you know she's with us now oh no 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 yeah absolutely i should specify yeah (laughs) thankfully that didn't happen for us but uh yeah it's just it's it's like oh man it's just that you know you look at the nwa as the scrappy underdogs and so you're like there there's these people these billionaires throwing out all this money to just like everybody had tried to buy up all the talent so they can't go anywhere else yeah and uh and then you're like some of the folks like like at all this like a thunder rosa like that kind of thing you're like dang man you guys are missing hey, out man. what, what did, I, you I, did you do did you keep a panel discussion with uh with uh aldous and ddp and um yeah you sent it to me yeah yeah okay yeah. right 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 so in that comment, uh, in that panel discussion, the moderator makes the point. He's like uh, talking to all of us. He says, everything you do seems so important. It feels like the most important thing. And I feel like to take to your point, you know, that uh, everybody's buying all this talent. We have like, we've got this talent of like between Thunder Rosa 
and Nick Aldis, who by, both of them have been on Piper's notes. I'm so humbled by that. Uh, yeah. They like are the coolest champions. They're the most serious champions in all of pro wrestling in the entire world. I don't care what promotion. And so they're just them being the champions make, not to mention all the, the just the layers and layers of talent and relevance beneath them, but just their reigns make the NWA the most important thing. Thunder Rosa feels like the most important women's champion, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the love that she gets online and everything, it's, it's, Quite impressive. And uh, so we'll, we'll get to talk more about Thunder Rosa as this goes on. But uh, your boy Aaron Stevens came out next. And uh, he's hanging out with uh, David Marquez. Uh, he, he was apparently it was supposed to be Tim Storm, but Aaron uh, took his place there. And uh, the no eye contact rules in effect. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, he says uh, there, there's the look at us chance. So he's obviously already uh, impacting the crowd. Uh, Captain Morgan chance happened. He says, I'm not Captain Morgan while he props his uh, foot up on the uh, side of the uh, podium there or on the uh, stage. And uh, he's uh, Tropical Pirates, which is available mm -hmm. Blu-ray and DVD and uh, VHS, VHS in Romania. In Romania, yeah. VHS yeah. And, I, and I'm told uh, Beta, they have it in Beta in Romania now. No, so. that's nice. That's nice. Uh, I still haven't seen the movie. Uh, been looking, but doesn't appear to be streaming anywhere. Amazing, I can man. find it. Amazing film. Okay, and uh, so we get a, a B-roll of Tropical Pirates, a little trailer there. Uh, I can tell you that that is Sherry Shaw, one of the uh, stage directors uh, that he's talking to. The woman that you see the back of her head there. She's looking ahead. Uh, I just like to give her yeah. a shout out where I can. Uh, she she wrote his theme music that he has at the uh, pay per views and stuff. What's her uh, Twitter too. handle? It's, so, uh, uh, it's, it's S Staria. It's like yeah. I don't know if it's Staria or something. She's like that. one of the first yeah. people. Uh, her and Maureen were the, like two of the first people that reached out to us personally after that taping. It was like, hey man, we we're so happy you guys came, man. It's just thank you, thank you so much, and tweeted. I love oh, it. that's cool. And they still yeah, she's they still converse with us so. She's great. She actually is just for what it's worth, just to show you like the, uh, to a point you made way earlier, just about uh, the talent level on the NWA. I mean, she is a musician and mm -hmm. uh, has songs that are like, I mean, she has music videos and stuff. You can find her on YouTube and everywhere, but uh, she, she has songs that appear on uh, like iZombie and all these other CW shows and stuff like that. But she's there, uh, being a stage director for the NWA, which I think is kind of cool. Like she's a, she's a very talented lady. So um, anyway, so one of my, my things is, is when I'm there live, I take like random photos of her and I'll post she's them cool, on man. Instagram. And wow, I'm like, spy it on Sherry Shaw is her name. So love her, love her. Uh, one, uh, what, one thing I wanted to point out uh, on the, the Aaron Stevens bit, he makes the comment, I don't know if you remember, says something like, this is the episode where he says, like, as an actor, I have more chops than Ric Flair. You remember that? <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, nobody's going to say that Aaron Stevens isn't clever. Dude, he's... Uh, I don't think. Like, Aaron Stevens, uh, just... I think there, there, there's a, lot, a big part of the wrestling community, and even within the NWA fam, that are they don't feel comfortable with the whole comic relief bit of it. 
But let's let's remember that Aaron Stevens is first of all he is a legitimate legitimate like wrestler. He is a legitimate talent in the ring. He's you know uh, beyond his his gimmick and all that stuff. So uh, the comic relief for us is just gravy. And, and for me, like going back to the early thing with the whole NWA with the community and the family orientation, like this is the kind of things that appeal to my kids. They see that they love it. And I want them to be drawn in. So that at, at, as a conduit to bring them into this universe of this amazing world of pro wrestling that the NWA is giving us. I think Aaron Stevens is providing it like a, just an indispensable service, man. He's, he's great. We love him. Well, it's just interesting to me because Aaron Stevens seems to, you know, you were uh, complaining about the Dawson's previously mm-hmm. and uh, how they were willing to fight anybody except Kingston and Homicide. Just, I think that the problem people have with Stevens is he seems to be a little flaky as Bro, far he's as... Artist, man. He's an artist. He's misunderstood. Oh, <laughs> oh is that right? Yeah, he's got, a, he's, got a, he's got to feel it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like all right. Ducking people. He's got to feel it. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. But uh, just, just curious uh, what your take would have been on that. So uh... <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to trick me into throwing shade on, on the shooter. <laughs> I love you, Gary. You're my brother, man. But, but you know, we're in the same. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey man, just because we're friends doesn't mean I can't uh, be a tough interviewer too. So I got to hold your feet to the fire, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> into D-Man, yeah, into the fire, exactly. D-Man is out next. Uh, D-Man Dan Parker is out. He's fighting Caleb Codley. It was nice to see Caleb. Uh, this this one was just good for me because uh, watching Caleb fight, uh, was it uh, Eli Drake? Was that, was that who he fought in the previous episodes? I think it was. Uh, and Caleb took the, took the L in that matchup. And you're like, dang, though, this guy is pretty talented. And... This kind of worked for me. It was kind of another neat step for the NWA that Caleb gets the win here over uh, D-Man. D-Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the D-Man, Dan Parker. And uh, he he gets the win. And so you see this step of like, all right, well, previously, uh, Caleb might have looked like uh, not to, and this is not a knock. Uh, Will and I kind of talked about this. Jo- uh, Jobber is just as important as anybody else as far as the wrestling business goes. But you, if you wondered if Caleb was on that level, like he, uh, he gets a win here. So it was nice to see him. He's elevated to a different step, even though he lost his debut match at NWA Power. Here he is with a win. So it's nice to see that play out. And it was a good match, by the way. Both those oh, guys are very good. And uh, D-Man's on Championship Wrestling for, from Hollywood, if anybody wants to check him out, too. He's he's off and over there. For people who don't know, that's the that's the Marquez uh, promotion. It was kind of the precursor to the NWA. Um, and uh, and uh, I, love the, I love the D-Man. And I think, I don't know this for sure, but I, I, my inst- I think that's a, like a Z-Man reference. So a little nod back to Tom Zink back in the, in the day. And uh, Caleb Conley, man, gosh, I like this guy. I think like he would fit in the India in the TV title picture perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. Like Caleb is a super talented individual and, and quite the career too. I've, I've had the opportunity to interview him and he's mm-hmm. a good dude. He's, he's yeah, really, good, really good. It's and, a good interview. Uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, he, no, he's, he's, he's a great guy. So it's good to see him. He's working over at high spots on the side too, yeah. like making, uh, kick pads and all this other stuff. Like he's just a, another one of 
of these multi-talented people that just like you know is busted their tails to to Gosh, make man. it in the wrestling industry all so these guys it's, are multi-talented man all of them are i mean you look at uh, uh you know nick Aldis is doing panto you look at thunder rosa who's doing mixed martial arts and she's got all this content they did a a review of like the tiger king it was hilarious her and the and Brian Cervantes, Brian Rosa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single one of these guys, Josephus. Uh, Look at just, what Zicky Dice is doing. Zicky Dice, yeah. man. Gosh, I love Zick, it, it, Just so you know, in the Stinson house, Thunder, Nick Aldis is number one because I say so because I'm in charge. I'm the matri- I'm the patriarch. Matriarch. I'm the patriarch in the house. <laughs> so Nick Aldis is king here. But when, when it comes to Piper, man, she likes Nick Aldis. She, she was completely like starstruck by him when we talked to him. But she is enamored by Thunder Rosa and Zicky Dice. <laughs> Just like enamored by them, man. They're, and they're so multi-talented and everything. So um, They're both so colorful. Probably- like, it feels like perfect kid, uh, you know, not even, like, lowering them any. But it's just like, those, <laughs> those two characters are so, like, them as people. Just bright and colorful and just out there. Like, it's hard not to imagine that everybody would just be drawn to it it's that know, bright man. flashing light like you're yeah yeah uh, when we when when zicky dice really starts to get into this uh i'd like to come back on and talk about like some of his stuff because there were some some things that he did later on and no spoilers here but like i was like ah zicky i'm not really cool with that bro that's not that that's like i don't feel like that's natural for you but I, we love zicky dice man he's he's so cool so gracious and um uh, he probably wouldn't want us to say that but he really really is uh but Caleb Conley, man, like you said, this is this is a, a five-tool athlete, dude. He's got he's got mad skills in a lot of different arenas. I should give a shout out to everybody that's in the chat room right now. I intended for Robert and I to talk for I I mean I didn't have like a set amount of time, but I wasn't sure how long it goes. But we're we're going into an hour here, so I'd like oh, to dude, remind my everybody. Bad, my bad. I'm no, so no, sorry. not your bad. Not your bad. We're having a good conversation. I think it's fine, and lots of people are in the chat. We appreciate you. We are honestly, we're grateful for you, all of you who are watching right now, and uh, anybody who's listening to this later in the podcast. We appreciate you. I want to give a shout out to John Farmer who's out there. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm going to give a spoiler right now. Uh, I don't even know if I should say this. That's Camille's daddy. Uh, so he's out there right now. He's watching. Uh, he's he's saying that Tropical Pirates sucked. So he was not a fan. <laughs> and uh, he said Strictly Business Part 2 is coming out in uh, fall of 2020. So I'm excited to see what's uh, in store there. Uh, but Ross goes out in the chat. The champs been here. James H. Jackson Jr. in the chat. Michael Manning. And uh, so many more. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. Hit the bell so you get notifications every time we're live, every time a video posts. And uh, also hit the like button. It gets us in front of more people. We're grateful for everybody that joins us. Uh, I didn't mean to get too sidetracked there, Rob, but. No, speaking about John Farmer, uh, uh, Camille released some content, uh, released some biographical content a week or so ago i can't it was like a week week and a half ago maybe amazing amazing story just i love my I love god camille. i'm so man. glad you said that yeah yeah no he camille has dad in this and talks about mr farmer and uh and 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 her mom and the support they had for her so just shout out to john farmer bro you 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 are uh 
thank you for your contribution to the NWA, man. We love Camille. She's Oh amazing. my God. Like if we could just sit here and talk about parrots for a second, you know, I'm a big fan of you and my boy. Hey, it's Will. Uh, good parrots, good people. And, uh, and then, yeah, John Farmer, man, if you talk about somebody killing it, that, that dude did it because Camille has turned out fantastic. She is a sight to behold and i'm not being like a weirdo about it i mean she's a sight to behold like as far as what she's accomplished like she is a like just a an icon for women to look up to like she is she is something else mr farmer if you're listening i, I don't uh, you know i don't like to i know that camille doesn't like to be reached by by personal contact but we would love we would love to have camille as a guest to watch some rock and roll with us on piper's nose if you if you know somebody who knows somebody, <laughs> send me a shout out, brother. I would love to have Camille. Sorry to plug. Didn't mean to do that, but. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. That's what we're here for. This is uh, all about lifting up that community. The uh, hashtag NWA fam. Make sure you guys use that because uh, we're, we're uh, Rob and I have talked about it. And I think Dodd, uh, we should shout out Dodd. She was part of that too, but. But uh, NWA fam, we're trying to make that like a, a trending hashtag. Like that should be uh, popular. Is, is somebody dying at your house? What was that? Who, me? Oh, I thought I heard something. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was over here. I oh, don't know. It's just, I hope that's just me here. I'm alone, I'm alone. Now you got me scared. I'm looking around like, oh, what? Oh, I thought I heard something. I don't know. Uh, Michael Manning in the chat says, everybody I know, I've shown the NWA to has been very impressed with Camille. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we haven't had enough Camille talk, but she was going to come up here pretty soon anyway. Uh, yeah, Camille is as eye-catching as anybody on the NWA roster, I think. Like, people, people dig Camille, right? When they see her, she immediately draws attention let me make a point here like going back to the glory days and i think we are back in the glory days so don't get me wrong here but like when you go back to like 1986 87 88 going back to like starcade that we watched the other night every every single thing in that show seemed important it's not like we got this mid-card stuff and then you know we're just waiting on the big stuff that's how the nwa feels and camille is a big part of that right now. Camille, Thunder Rosa, Zicky Dice, Ricky Starks, you know, Marty Bell, all, you know, everything, question mark, they make every single segment, every single segment feel compelling. You want to know, even if the title's not on the line, you want to know what is, is Camille really going to speak, man? Like, is she going to speak today? So it's well, like- They were able to build a whole episode around that. Yeah. Like a whole thing for a Tuesday night was around- Camille's gonna debut in a match and she's going to speak and like that brings viewers that's enough that's all you need yeah how many other women in wrestling get to carry that kind of weight you know what I mean like as far as like just who they are their personality like people people want to see that happen Camille's money and they're, man. And they're doing it on personality brother I mean they're not on you know we're YouTube is a great platform but they're not on network TV they've built this like this, this enthusiastic, vibrant, very active, devoted following on the strength and weight of their authority and personality. And that's what, again, that's the, the NWA women's division. There's no, no, nothing like it. I don't put them against anybody. I don't care. Someone said in no, here I've, that they're too little. You're nuts if you think. 
that Camille was too little. <laughs> she Somebody said not. in the chat that Camille is too little. Earlier, I think it was Roscoe just running his gums. I, I like Roscoe, but I think he was just like <laughs> <laughs> or something. But Come on, Roscoe. Too little. I mean, I don't. You're crazy, dude. They're not. Allison K is not too little. Melina is not too the, little. Thunder no, Rosa is little, no, but no. she is. <laughs> man. Thunder Rosa will whip that ass. Oh, yeah, she will. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but no, no, no. I don't think anybody in the women's division is too little. They're all no. pretty tough chicks, especially when you meet them in person. They are they, they're quite capable. So I have no doubts about them. Uh, hey, Joe Galley gets Tim Storm at the podium finally. Tim thinks all this at the NWA. This guy's pure class, right? Mm-hmm. Like he comes out, he's coming off his defeat. Uh, lost the NWA championship uh, or lost his last attempt at the NWA championship. And uh, he says, uh, <laughs> my wife is texting me. We're authentic here. So I'm just going to tell you, my wife just texted me. and said, don't go too long. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> she's worried about uh, me being too long winded. So don't feel self-conscious, uh, oh, Mr. Stenson. <laughs> um, no, it's not you. She, she's always on me about it. Like, don't talk too much. I get uh, it, man. I just my emotions take over, and it's like, you know, I I I I try to be as academic as I can be, but then next thing you know, we're just ranting and raving, and just, just going stream of consciousness. Dude, that's like, what we're here for, though. And then people <laughs> show up in the chat like they are right now, and we're just sitting here having this conversation, and more people start showing up, and then like there's there's lots of us out here that just want to talk about wrestling, and it's uh, Saturday afternoon, and we're all still kind of in quarantine, <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. uh, you know, it's whatever. What else are we gonna do? Okay. Uh, so Tim Storm, I was just going to point out that he's a class act and he's he's out there and he's uh, thanking Nick Aldis and the NWA for the opportunity, even though he lost. And it's like no, nobody could be as genuine as Tim Storm. I, I just don't believe it. Like, I even feel like uh, John Cena tried and people still rejected John Cena. But like Tim Storm is what the WWE wishes they would have had as far as acceptance of the character like just a good hard-working dude who's doing a good job and uh it's like that's exactly the gimmick that wwe wished they had with john cena and people were still like split on him but nobody nobody dislikes tim storm not a single person even nick aldis doesn't like this he doesn't dislike tim storm yeah correct He's just like sometimes he's an ends to a mean, but that that'll come later. But uh, he doesn't dislike Tim Storm. <laughs> this is the most uh, important segment in, in the show, man. In this episode, this 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 speech by Tim Storm, where he comes out and gives props to all this, and he makes the thing that that you know when you when you allude to the great when you go back and hearken to the great champions like Flair. Flair would say, you know, like when he lost to Ronnie Garvin. We don't cry over spilt milk. You know, we don't cry over spilt milk. Now, now you're the man. And to be the man, I've got to beat you. And that's essentially, you know, Tim Storm is like, here, I'm not making any excuses. I'm not calling, you know, putting the asterisk on the way that match ended. I lost that match. I set the the stage for this whole no more shots at the title. This is on me. I'm going to eat, you know, I I made the bet. I'm going to lie in it. This is like Tim Storm. This is, I love Tim Storm, man. I can't go on about him but like to me this is one of his two or three greatest moments on the microphone love it absolutely love it no oh, he's just so believable and so legitimate just a real guy 
and somebody you can uh, respect. John Farmer in the chat saying, uh, uh, Tim Storm doesn't curb grades. Yeah. And hey, Roscoe, stay tuned. Roscoe, Ro- for, for anybody who doesn't know, Roscoe is like the biggest Jack Stane fan in the world. Like he is constantly all about Jack Stane. And uh, so props to you, Roscoe. Uh, this Tuesday night on NWA, you're going to see Tim Storm versus Jack Stane. And uh, I'm happy. I, I think about you every time I see that is going to happen. Like I think about Roscoe, I think. Man, Dude, this guy, he's a, <laughs> that's a big match, man. That's a main event match. I mean, and, and, uh, and, uh, and I think you may have said this yesterday. I think it was a lot of, for just for people who don't know, Tim storm won the NWA world's title from Jack's Dane. This is a, a battle between two formal world's champions. So shout out to Roscoe, man. I love, I love Jack's Dane, man. He's cool. He's cool. And, and, uh, man, that's, that's a, a main event in any arena anywhere. No, that's one hundred percent true. Yeah, uh, we we definitely talked about that on the review for episode that's one and two, or either Will was. Uh, I I can't. Remember. I think Will even all this stuff blends together, man. There's so much stuff going in the community and the fam. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> we do some of it, and it blends together for us. So yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's tough. Like it, it, but I think Will was talking about like he didn't know anything about Tim Storm and couldn't find much out about him except that he beat Jack Stane for the NWA world title. That's where he originally got the championship. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that'll be an exciting match. Exactly. Back to ep- back to episode three. <laughs> uh, the uh, you, you get Galley at the podium with Tim Storm. And, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think we kind of covered it. Tim Storm's just basically just being very gracious for the opportunity. Uh, he talks about Mama Storm, which, uh, you know, like last uh, episode two was the first time you mentioned Mama Storm, which immediately is like props uh mama storm chants and uh that has still carried on until this day and uh mama storm is as over as anybody else uh so add her to the women's division i guess and uh the uh you get eli drake out because tim storm's saying that he's got a lot of thinking to do about what he does from here because mm-hmm. he says you know he, i think you were alluding to this that that, that he made his bed and he has to lie in it. He had his last opportunity at the NWA 10 pounds of gold. And if you're in the business and you're not going for that, then what are you there for? Yeah. And now he can't go for that anymore. He gave up. I mean, that was his last chance. Uh, but Eli Drake interrupts and Eli Drake comes out and says, you know, like you're, you're saying all of this and you got a lot of stuff to think about. Maybe the 10 pounds of gold's not in your immediate future, but maybe there's some other gold that you and I could go for. And uh, Tim seems to consider it, but uh, eventually says, you know what? Because uh, because Eli says, you know, Mama Storm was always just worried that you wouldn't give up. Mama Storm, I'm sure, would just care about you keeping on. And uh, Tim says, all right, I don't want to disrespect my storm. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll think about it. And he leaves. Right. Yeah. He says something along the lines of like, uh, you know, we're here worrying about this and that, but now she's got to worry about Tim storm being a quitter. And that you can tell that that kind of resonates with him, you know? Uh, yeah. Very powerful. Again, this is this, to me, there's one other moment in this episode that we're still, that still to come. But I think like this is the, the most important moment in the episode. This is this sets up a lot of what's going to happen here in, in the next few weeks. 
Well, I'll tell you, you know, you see Eli Drake here too. And one thing I've noticed about Eli throughout the whole thing is uh, what's real fun about that guy is besides, I mean, yeah, he's obviously, he looks tough. He looks like a wrestler, all of that. He's great on the mic, but he like Nick Aldis, I think where they connected, I think even uh, in the next episode that's coming up, Nick Aldis will make a comment about the the comparisons that people make between the two. But uh, Eli, Eli's a chess player, just like, uh, like Aldis. Like they've got that, that common bond that like Eli's always like, feels like he's thinking ahead. Like, all right, what's the thing I can do right now? What situation am I in? How do I use this to my advantage? And so he sees Tim Storm out at the podium to get the impression he's like, well, maybe this guy and I could be tag team champions. So let's make something happen there. That's a step. He's already promised earlier on that anybody with gold around your waist, he's coming for you. Yeah. So maybe this is his first opportunity to do something like that. So I do dig that about Drake. Uh, moving on, the Spiritual Advisor uh, Invisible Hair Cream commercial comes on. And uh, if you order now, you get the uh, Invisible Voice Cream. Uh, hey, what, what is, what's your opinion on the commercials that NWA Power has? Love them, man. Uh, I love them. And it's like half of them. Like, they interweave legitimate commercials, like the, the uh, Austin Idol school, you know, with like <laughs> clearly things that are caricature, like, like this one. But uh, I love the commercials, and I really like I'm a I, I love the spiritual advisor man. I I think she's something about her. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah, I think she's freaking hot. I think she's cool. I love her. Oh, accent. we're on the same page. Look at that. Everybody gives me crap about it, but I am no, all about the spiritual advisor. <laughs> I love it. You remember? Uh, you remember back uh, the Josephus and uh, spiritual advisor bar scene? Oh I'm, no, no, dude. We're we're exactly the same. I'm I was like, exactly there with my, you, man. This is my. Oh man, I love me some that's, spiritual advisor boy. <laughs> that's one of my that's one of my favorite segments that the NWA has produced. Uh, period is that is that cool. bar scene. I love that stuff. Uh, Roscoe's in the chat. Uh, for for those who are caught up on current events, saying, uh, "Wait, are you hinting that Eli Drake will turn on James Storm?" Uh, if you're just now starting the binge watch, that might not make sense to you. I will say to Roscoe though, and anybody who's current. Does that mean he'll turn on James Storm? I'm saying Eli Drake is playing chess, and he's yeah. assuming you're all playing checkers, so I would not put anything past Eli Drake. Man, yeah. Eli Drake, too. He's one of those guys, <laughs> like, you know, I I never really felt Eli Drake. They made this big deal about him coming, the NWA, and I remember, like, the in his impact days, he'd be like, oh, let me talk to you, dummy. I never liked that dummy thing. I was like, dude, don't denigrate me. You don't know me. But seeing him, <laughs> you know, I, wrote a, I wrote a doctoral dissertation on the Battle of Chickamauga. Don't denigrate me, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He has a, uh, he, uh, uh, but seeing him in person at the taping, like I was captivated. I was like, oh man, I, Eli Drake has really, really, really grown on me over here. So it's neat to kind of go back and see him in that scene. I know we're going back a little bit, but, but yeah, I, Eli Drake, I 100% agree, man. This is a chess player assuming everyone else is playing checkers that's perfect i love that uh yeah he, he i i think that he by the way will come into his own a little bit later on in the series like uh i'm thinking obviously of uh the christmas episode and, and that sort of thing like uh eli really breaks out in the nwa at that point the uh, shoes of a champion for those of you who don't know uh 
Roscoe's in the chat. What? Uh, WTF is Chickamauga. <laughs> so uh, Roscoe's <laughs> over in Australia. So hey, I don't... oh, see. <laughs> well, we had this little thing here called the 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 war between the states or the American Civil War. So <laughs> it's 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 all you can about. learn anything on the live stream yeah, yeah. Cool. Just, uh, cool. well we'll uh we'll we'll save we'll save it for another episode we'll let uh <laughs> dr stinson uh, recite his uh dissertation for <laughs> you everyone. don't want to hear that i don't think it, uh, i don't think there's i think like i you know my dissertation they they, they provide this to the public for sale i think i've like sold like four copies since 2010 <laughs> so it's like <laughs> <laughs> uh nick in the chat saying eli has really come leaps and bounds since he's been around me i agree yeah. <laughs> so no nah, yeah, I, agree. I agree i know he um, i know the champ is being a little tongue-in-cheek there but he really has eli has come around and i think eli is is a is going to be one of those big time main event stars here in the nwa and and i had totally 100 envisioned an epic feud between all of us and eli drake along the lines of a flare steamboat feud because they have sim similar ring styles they have similar builds similar looks um all this, of course, I mean, I mean, I just, that, that feud is going to happen. And it's, I don't see that all this is not going to lose the belt to Eli Drake. Don't get me wrong, but that is going to be epic, man. I cannot wait to see that. Boom. Yeah. I mean, you got me pumped, man. No, no, no. I'm telling you, I, I think uh, the end game for Eli Drake is always a world championship match against Nick Aldis. He makes that pretty clear, but he also seems to, it's interesting with him throughout the series so far, I will say that it's though he learned that like just approaching this thing head on, like ramming your head into the doorway, like right, to get yeah. that shot is not going to be the way you ever get him. So he's like, all right, there's a lot of people shooting for this thing. And he's I'm always playing, you know, this is the NWA. This is not how we do things in the NWA. There's a pecking order and there's a, a, a procedure by which you attain this right to do to to get your shot and so that's what Eli's learning and Nick does that so well so or the champ I'm sorry I'm calling by his first name <laughs> sorry champ right <laughs> uh Josephus is out uh for an apology he wants James Storm Colt comes out instead uh Colt Cabana says he uh he's, he's shooting his little finger guns he's playing around uh puts on the cowboy hat and stuff uh josephus seems right. a little irritated and uh well just to get into it uh colt's there and he, josephus says he wants to apologize for how he's acted he ends up shaking colt's hand but also throws some powder in his face which jim Cordette calls medicated foot powder is what that is apparently uh and uh, Josephus proceeds to beat up on Colt Cabana, throws him in the ring, gives him a beat down. James Storm runs out, though, who uh, Josephus originally was going to apologize to, I should say. Uh, but James Storm runs out at this point and waits for Josephus to turn around, hits him with a super kick, and knocks him out. Uh, it's worth noting at this point that James Storm and Colt Cabana had quite a feud going on. If the, uh, For those of you who weren't aware, it was uh, going on in Ring of Honor a little bit. Uh, back from NWA 70, no, not NWA 70, I apologize, Crockett Cup, when yeah. Colt Cabana beat Willie Mack for the national title, and James Storm came out, and he challenged Colt Cabana, or said he was interested in it, it was kind of James Storm's first uh, introduction to NWA fans, 
And uh, James Storm wanted Colt Cabana for the title, but Colt ended up injuring his leg. James Storm pestered the hell out of Colt Cabana until he got that title shot. Like Colt put it on the line at Ring of Honor, uh, one of their tapings, and right. uh, injured leg at all. And James Storm was able to take the win, and he won the national title. So James Storm is your national championship or champion here. And uh, Josephus has been stirring up some stuff. James Storm easily takes him out. But if you're wondering why James Storm might be interested in giving the super kick immediately after to Colt Cabana, who was in the ring, this is why Colt Cabana is out there and James Storm starts to deliver it, but Colt slips out of the ring and uh, waves him off. Uh, you can see that there's something coming to a head between James Storm and Colt Cabana. Colt clearly wants some revenge on James Storm. Yeah, uh, that's a little catch up for those of you who have only ever seen power. You might've missed some of that buildup. Hopefully that wasn't too long winded. Uh, do you have something? I'm sorry, bro. Uh, I'm just like James storm, man. My wife's got a little James storm crush. I'm like, Bleh, whatever. <laughs> He's not all that. <laughs> hey man, I like James I, storm, man. He, I remember him mostly from his tag team days back in, uh, TNA, you know, he, he was uh, doing a lot of stuff back before the whole cowboy thing. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, re really, this this little, what you alluded to between Cabana and, Stor and Storm that's coming up is cool. It's, it's, a, it's a good little angle, so. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I, I think they've uh, got a lot of potential for, uh, well, Colt, yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Galley, uh Gets uh, Aldis and Camille out to ringside, and Galley, obviously, as we alluded to at the top of the show, has made his promise to just focus strictly. I was going to say focus strictly on business, <laughs> but uh, and that was unintentional, by Good, the way. It's, uh, it's in your, they're in your mind, bro. They're in your mind. <laughs> it's true. The uh, Aldis talking about the NWA is cooking right now. There's a horse race for the ten pounds of gold. And uh, fortunately for his bank account and everybody else, uh, there's a lot of challengers. Uh, people yell out, Eli Drake. He says, yes. They yell out, James Storm. He says, yes. And uh, they yell out, Josephus. And he says, we'll probably have to talk about that one. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and then the champ actually alludes to, like, I don't know. Maybe it's not even here. Maybe I got to look elsewhere. Maybe I got to find a challenger somewhere outside of the NWA so far. What was a person like you thinking during this time, uh, Mr. Stenson? Like uh, you're obviously a big Josephus fan as well. So the yeah. champ kind of waved him off, but not only waved Josephus off also is kind of like people are chanting for James Storm and Eli Drake. And Nick Aldis is kind of like, yeah, probably, but maybe the, the well, right person's not here yet. It's like what we said earlier. Like when when you when you are a uh, uh, when you are a competitor doing a legitimate athletic competition, you have a lot of serious contenders, and those are all James Storm. And we and, you know fast forwarding a little bit, we know that that uh, that Aldis and Storm have their their little run together. Uh, but Josephus, I've always been a huge Josephus fan, and he's part of the thing that you know he was part of the founding of the NWA. I mean, there's like they were in GQ magazine, him and Billy Corgan were as like the the, the I think this was before NWA like started, but it was Corgan and Josephus together. Um, he's one of the, like the the four pillars. I think like Nick Aldis, Josephus, 
Tim Storm and uh, um, who's the other? Well, well, I won't waste time thinking about that, but he's one of the big ones. And I, I think that uh, him alluding to going outside the NWA, I liked it because that's what a, a world champ that if you, if you have a world championship, not only are you international, and there are a couple of promotions that do that, that the WWE travels internationally, the AEW doesn't, New Japan does, the NWA does, obviously. We've had the only world title championship defense in China, you know, but a world championship should also be cross promotional. So it doesn't offend me uh, that Nick Aldis would say, I'll look to other promotions. Uh, and, but remember, the kicker on that was I think he said something like, I'm not going to have a tr any trouble finding a, a, any competition. So it doesn't offend me as an NWA fan to say he'll look to Ring of Honor or to somewhere else because I think a world's champion is, will, will carry that belt. And by the way, this is the only promotion that does that. This is the only promotion that defends cross-promotionally. And therefore, in my mind, uh, this is the only really, truly world's title, you know? So... Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I think that's an excellent point to uh, bring up is that he's clearly stating, like, if you've got for the right price, the NWA champion will take on any challengers, anytime, anywhere. There you go. Uh, Joe Galley, I don't know if Joe Galley's supposed to come off uh, admirable here, but I was irritated with Joe Galley because he says, like, at this point, he's, he's like, you know, no disrespect to the champ, but I do have to ask. I've been trying to pursue something. And uh, so I wanted to talk to Camille and uh, the champs immediately. Like, isn't it funny that every time somebody says, like, uh, no disrespect or, you know, whatever, uh, that, that it is disrespectful. And uh, But go ahead, ask Camille something if you've just got to do it. So Galley breaking every rule that had been established for him. Uh does ask Camille why she hasn't talked and what her thoughts are. And Camille chooses, chooses not to speak. And uh, mm -hmm. Aldis says, so let that be the end of it. Uh, when she's ready, she's, she doesn't want to talk to you. And when she's ready to talk, you'll be the first to know. And, uh, and that's it. And so uh, what was your take on so far when you were watching this, like uh, as far as uh, Galley, Joe Galley's pursuit of Camille <laughs> and uh, her, her voice? Man, I like, I like Joe Galley. I do. I'm like you. I was like, come on, man. She's not, we, we know she's not going to talk. And then like there was a show that you were on. What, what was it, man? You were talking about like the Old Testament versus the New Testament and that like how, the new is like revealing the old. And so we get to Camille's biography that she put out a week ago or so. And she goes back and you think, man, it all makes sense. She's like, I'm not going to let my words permeate me. I'm going to let my actions define me and I'll talk when I'm ready to. So I'm like that, that like spoke volumes looking back on this episode. Like she's not, Nick Aldis is not going to tell her not to talk. She's choosing not to, because this is a woman who is about to make her own statement in her own way in her own time. And, uh, uh, but I was like, you yeah, know, I, you know, I like Joe Galley, but he annoys me a little bit from time to time, but I think that's kind of his, his role. He's supposed to. The other thing I would yeah. point out is this fabulous suit. Uh, I saw this on Twitter today. That is not a flannel suit. That is a plaid suit. So y'all yeah, yeah. right. 
<laughs> no, you're right. Uh, no, Nick, Nick, always with the fabulous suits. And you're 100% right, too, I think, as far as uh, Galley and his role here. He is definitely that pesky media, yeah. uh, the, the uh, you know, just ever pursuing, just uh, trying to get a story and that sort of thing, which can be both good and bad, I suppose. And uh, so he's, uh, it's an interesting concept. It's a, it's a layered story for sure with, uh, with all of those people. Um, and, and then, it, I mean, I, I would, I would be a terrible person if I didn't bring up that the very next segment that we see is, is the very first promo of the question mark, mm. just oh, a nice little commercial. Uh, Robert Stinson of all people should be here for that. Uh, question mark appears just uh just a weird 80s style graphics you know like some mountains and some talking about mongrovia and rivers and iron and stone and right the karate if you will so uh go ahead robert so let's, you uh, see, let's hear uh, you. uh for those who don't know and most of the people on the chat right now are probably going to know because i think we've got some uh, people who follow the NWA fam content and the NWA's content. But if you're watching Mongrovia unmasked, you're going to see now, if you, if you thought this was weird, now it all makes sense. You're like, oh, this is the Mongrovian style of broadcasting. Every single one of these episodes, I think we've had three episodes now of Mongrovia unmasked, same style, same producer, same mindset, all those weird, you know, sort of 80s, uh, uh, to, for lack of a better term, those psychotronic uh, graphics. Oh, nice thing. <laughs> you know, right, right. It, it's 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 cool, man. But it's it, but again, we had no clue what was about to happen. What what was because you know when Question Mark came out, we didn't know about Mongrovian karate. We didn't know about the map. We didn't know about uh, any of that stuff, man. It was just like this was like a. It's kind of like with the Thunder Rosa teaser. That's what it is like talk about Eli Drake being a chess player all these steps ahead David Lagana and Billy Corgan are chess players that are there are steps and steps ahead of this they've thought this out multiple seasons in advance so this was a fantastic promo and we had no clue what we were in store for I didn't know what to expect when I saw this but now if I would just encourage everyone to go to Aaron Stevens's Twitter feed or the question marks watch all three of the current Mongrovian Unmasked episodes and then go back and watch this. And you're like, man, this all ties in. This is very, very clever how they did this. So anyway, that's my, that's my point. <laughs> Props to him. I knew, I knew uh, Dr. Stinson would have plenty to Rob, say Rob, about. Uh, Rob. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just uh, emphasizing the doctor there just because uh, you know what you're talking about. So <laughs> he's analyzed it in depth. So uh all right, so the, the very next thing that happens is you get Eli Drake out to the ring. There's a little uncertainty. He's got to go up against the Dawsons. Maybe Tim Storm's going to be the partner, is it? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then finally, Tim Storm makes his entrance. He's here. He's here to team up with Eli Drake, take on the Dawson brothers. And uh, it's, a, it's a nice match, but uh, Eli ends up getting laid out outside the ring, and uh, Tim Storm uh, gets belly bump thing they do <laughs> the splash onto the ground and uh tim storm takes the one two three dawson's win and uh proceed to continue beating up on tim storm after the match pummeling him and uh 
Luckily, Eddie Kingston and Homicide come in and make the save, uh, chasing away the Dawsons. In the meantime, Eli Drake goes to check on Team Storm, and so does the champ. Nick Aldis comes out to uh, look in to see, uh, check on the health of Tim Storm. And you've got both guys in the ring looking him over and also keeping their distance from each other. And that is how this episode ends. So earlier, Gary, I said uh, wow. I said that the Tim Storm speech was one of the two biggest, mo- most important moments in this episode. And this is the other very critical moment is Nick Aldis coming out um, to, to tend to Tim Storm to check on him. And now we know why. I'm not going to say why, but this is very, very critical. And for fans who know, like, your morality plays and I mean, wrestling is, that's all it is. It's our, our modern morality play. And, you know, uh, this is a very, very critical moment. So as you're watching and rewatching and going forward, just note this moment that Nick Aldis comes out to, to, to tend to 10 storms, because this is very important. Absolutely agreed. And uh, overall, uh, Rob, this is uh, one of the, more important episodes like when you lay it out i mean it's it's really cool to me how how much they uh introduce so many people just in these first few episodes of nwa power they just like introduce like just slowly but surely just like really built a roster here and uh you start to relate to people and start to care about their characters Uh, some good some good quality booking i think in these first few episodes of power uh, you think like episode one and two to me, like episode, episode three, episode one and two were awesome for setting that foundation. This is the first really from like a literary storyline playwright perspective. This is the first critical episode because one and two episode one or two are cleaning up, wrapping up. Now I know that we've still got 10 pounds of gold content to, to do, and they're going to continue with that project, but this is bringing the world up to speed and tying up those loose ends. Episode three, this is like, this is the wellspring of everything that we're at now. Everything that we're at now can be rooted in episode three, from Thunder Rosa to Question Mark to the dynamic between uh, Tim Storm, Nick Aldis, and Camille, and what that's going to evolve into. This is, uh, you know, Eli Drake, the emergence of James Storm, this is the this is the wellspring episode so like if you're like your canon of like the the most essential episodes this might be the most essential episode so i'm I'm very glad that we got to do this one together yeah uh that's that's awesome man i i think i 100 percent agree with you it's a a pretty important uh episode and yeah yeah, you, you make a good argument that this may be one of the most important Folks, uh, we appreciate everybody in the chat room for showing up with us today. Uh, If you're here right now hearing my voice or watching us on the screen, we have another live stream happening tonight. I'm just going to say like around nine o'clock because I'm just going to (laughs) disappear a message and be like, Maddie, it's at nine. Let's just say nine o'clock. Maybe that's too late for some people. Maybe it's perfect for some people. We're experimenting. We're just hanging out, doing live streams. Binge watching NWA Power. My friend Madeline Hoptree is going to be joining us as part of the This Is the NWA team, as part of the hashtag NWA fam. Make sure you're using that if you're a fan of the NWA. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you like the video. All of those things. We are grateful for all of you. Dr. Stinson. I'm sorry, Rob. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> 
Rob, tell everybody where they can find you online and promote anything you'd like to here. Okay, uh, I have, I'm on Twitter at rstinson4. Please, uh, please follow me. You follow me, I'll follow you. You put me over, I put you over. You know, uh, that's how we do it in the NWA family. We elevate each other. We want to get that hashtag NWA fam out. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna try to get some T-shirts made and get us to start really pushing that NWA fam community so we can make that a, a big deal. Um, this this is a very important thing that's going on right now. It's the most vibrant community in wrestling, and I think that we have a relationship with our talent and the talent and the community both are 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 pulling the weight during the, the quarantine crisis to to sustain our product and and elevate our brand and, and promote our brand. Uh, I'm also on uh, YouTube. I, I, my channel used to be called Table Talk. Uh, and I, I have a, a show that I do with my, my youngest, my 18 month old called Table Talk with Petra. And it's basically, you know, it's basically her growing up and her life lessons. And, you know, we do some wrestling stuff on there too. Uh, but I've changed the name of the channel to Stinson Vision because uh, Piper and I have started a project called Piper's Notes. And it's basically, a channel where we try to do some crossover stuff, bring in some wrestling talent and do something that's really not distinctively wrestling related. We want to get in and talk about pop culture, uh, theater, other things like that. And Gary's been a, a, a guest before um, the champ who's on the, the chat today. He's been a, a, an awesome guest. Thunder Rosa has been a guest. Uh, so you can find that uh, uh, the channel is called Stinson Vision. If you go to any of our Twitter pages, you can find links to our, our stuff and our content. Um, so I want to put that over. I'd like to put over, uh, uh, Will, Will's channel, um, Elder Sauer and Adam Rattel. I want to put them over as well. You know what they do with 10 pounds of podcast, everything that NWA puts out, man, we are in this together and let's, let's just band together as a family and make this, let's just blow the roof off of everything and just elevate our company and make sure that at some point, everybody in the world, I don't care who you are, everybody's in the world is going to know that the NWA is what's up. This is the most important thing going on. That's what I believe. And that's where my heart's at. Absolutely. I think that's a perfect message to end this whole thing on. Uh, again, guys, if you are around tonight and you're just bored, we'll, we'll call it the late night show, the tonight show about the NWA. We're going to be covering episode four of NWA Power tonight. As always, I am at This Is Gary Horn on all of the social media stuff. Like Robert Stinson said there, that that's important stuff. The community, the NWA community is what we're all about. Hashtag NWA fam. Uh, I, this is uh, exclusive right here about the shirt idea. That's, that's cool. And uh, we should. I've got my own, uh, I don't know if you can see this, but uh, I've got my, well, I've, you can't see it there, but I got my own little t-shirt press there that I use to make shirts for my, my athletic teams at school. <laughs> but Oh, nice. Shirts happen, bro. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I love it. That's great. Uh, so uh, we're, I'm sure we're all on board for that. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, tune in to uh, Mr. Stinson here and uh, hash or at, this is Gary Horde at the NWA pod. If you don't, for some reason, already follow us on uh, the social medias and uh, we're, we're all about elevating the NWA, of course, at NWA. And uh, you, you you have to have subscribed to their channel if you're even listening to this conversation. If so, you don't, just uh, get off right now. <laughs> yeah. This, well, this is going to be a pretty boring conversation if you don't already know them. Anyway, thank you guys so much for joining us. We really are grateful for you hanging out with us. And we're just trying to put out some new content, live streams, places for you to hang out. Everybody in the chat, uh, shout out to you guys. Michael Roscoe, John Farmer. 
uh, Nick Aldis, the champ, was here. Uh, just everybody that showed up. Thank you guys so much. And thanks for watching. We'll see you again tonight, hopefully. Uh, you guys take care.